0: Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Reliscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions in life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reloscope's, produced by LMSL, the Life Management Podcast. I'm your host, Aditi Gupti, and today I'm joined uh, by Jan Bayless. Um, she's a registered counsellor for over 20 years, um, working with individuals and couples, um, and you've also worked with children. You've written two books for children, uh, including correct. the Good Bad Feelings Diary. Is that any? Is there anything else to add, or have I have I covered everything?
1: Yeah, um, no, that's true, and I've just completed. Um, some podcasts that are now out on Apple and Spotify and other places. So it's around uh, relationships and, and uh, um, uh, po- uh, parenting uh, things in my podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so we will talk a bit about that um, later in the podcast as well. But, Fantastic, thank um, you. Today, today we're going to be talking about couple rituals um, yes. and how to manage them amongst couples. Uh, before we kind of get into that, uh, we have a segment called Have You Met Jan Bayliss where we get to know our guest a little bit more. Um, I'm going to throw some questions at you. Um, are you ready? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, what is your favourite book?
1: You know, I loved looking at those questions that you sent me and it really did, um, it, it, was, it was really, I just had to think because there are so many books. many books and I but however um I I have to say that I really love biographies and autobiographies and I don't mind of whom and I'm madly into into autobiographies and biographies if it was a um if it was a a, like a work-related book it was The Body Remembers by Babette Rothschild it's all about holding on to emotions and that's what I do talk about a lot in my podcasts.
0: Right, right, for sure. Um, what about a favourite movie?
1: Yes. Um, once again, I could only, there were so many movies. I just love comedies. I really do. What's the last and, one you watched? Oh, well, <laughs> some. Nuts. I haven't watched um, a comedy for a little while. I, w- I watched The Sting the other night. Um, but, no, I watched, uh, I really love, also I love Analyze This, Analyze That, as good as it gets. I really like those sorts of, um, just, just lighthearted. I think yeah. it's really, I really love to get into the lighthearted stuff more than the heavy stuff. I'm not a Skyfire person. I'm not right, um, yeah. into that sort of thing. I really just love comedies and having, being able to have a laugh.
0: Comedies can be really therapeutic
1: sometimes, so I totally like that. So, those so therapeutic. Um,
0: what about a favourite podcast or the last podcast, a podcast you're listening to?
1: absolutely i've been doing uh, all david kessler's uh, podcasts currently i absolutely love him he talked he's he used to he used to work with elizabeth kubler ross um, around and doing a lot around grief and loss and he's just so good i really really admire his work so much
0: um and a famous role model that you look up to
1: this was another one i just found oh wow what a an amazing, you know, thing to think about, and there, are, of course, there are so many. I do have to say, and I know it's it's a recent passing, but I do have to say Olivia Newton-John, because I do admire her so much for um, what she's contributed, not only in her music, her, um, you know, the uh, films she's been in, uh, her philanthropy, the way she has been able to hold herself. So amazingly through so many years of cancer, um, and sort of just to be able to sort of be um, also a role model for others to do the same, and all the work that she's and all that the, the um, what she's been able to do for as far as their hospital in, mm-hmm. in Melbourne. I just thought to me, she'd, I'd have to say she is definitely a role model.
0: Yeah, for sure. And rest in peace, uh, we will definitely always remember her. Um, yes. What about the last course you've completed?
1: Um, look, I've been doing quite a lot in trauma. Uh, I've done a lot in um, trauma-related subjects. There's the things that I've just been doing. That I've been doing um, quite a few online courses. And um, I've been doing one on internal family systems that I've really enjoyed. Um, so that's uh, something that I've really liked and put into my practice um, so it's all about sort of working with the parts and with working with the self, and I find that so beneficial in the counselling room and for, for my clients. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure.
0: Um, that brings us to the end of our segment. We have gotten to know you, uh, and <laughs> now you. we can uh, move on to talking about uh, the meat of our episode. The um, way I talked to you sure. about couples rituals, um, and you talk, uh, you kind of explain all of that to our viewers. I'm sure they're very curious. Um, But first, kind of starting off very broadly, what is a relationship? How would you define a relationship?
1: A relationship is obviously between two people or it can be through um, several people, um, family, friends. You can all have relationships. And for me, it's based around an understanding, a mutual trust, respect. Um it builds uh, it builds honesty, um, and it becomes a relationship that is a positive one, will um, grow the connection will grow and it'll be strong and good. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. a positive one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and in your opinion,
0: um, you know our show kind of focuses on the romantic relationship. Do you feel that that kind of relationship still, holds the same kind of
1: structure
0: and importance that it does as maybe it did decades ago?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, mm. I really like that question too. I, I really thought that was a. I thought about that and thought, yes, it, you know, a romantic and um, romance in a relationship um, has been there for generational centuries where it, we're, we're drawn to each other as a couple We're mm. you know people are always drawn to each other regardless of, what era we're going to be in. Um, and there's a there's that rom- romantic connection, that way of wanting to build a, a way of being together, of being growing together and being able to share and work together. And then to be able to form your own nuclear family, which is, that means having your own children and um, nurturing that and yes, holding on to it. I do believe that's what we've, we've experienced forever
0: yeah for sure so has it really changed i guess um over
1: time i don't really think so and i I think if you look back you know um you've seen we've looked at back through the ages and romance and love has always you know been a a part of 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 all our eras all our years all our yeah
0: yeah for sure. Yeah, for sure. How then, I guess, do you define couple rituals?
1: Um, a ritual to me is—it's—it's it's a knowing. Mm. You just know that something uh, is something nice and good is happening in a relationship. Um, it's something that somebody does for for another. They right. they will do it without even thinking. Um, so it just becomes the norm so that right. you know that um, you can you something just happens and you know that it can you know it's a it's a part of building a healthy connection between two people
0: mm-hmm. so it's 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 kind of like a means of
1: trust almost. absolutely it's and and sometimes it's you know from my experience you don't even really know it just forms evolve, it evolves um a routine is different to that in a relationship. Yeah. Yep. And a routine is actually a, um, something that needs to be done. It needs to be performed. It could be um, picking the kids up from school. It could be uh, yeah, sort of like um, doing something that you know that you, that you have to do, going to the shops or whatever together, whatever, right. it do, doing the grocery shopping That's a routine thing. But rituals are different.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so rituals kind of form you would say uh, organically between a couple
1: yes without even knowing it just right. because you're you know I, I can explain that probably a little bit more I think from um you know from my point of view as well later on
0: yeah for sure um I guess in that in that way how do you feel that a couple ritual um affects a relationship
1: it when it's when it's organic as you said and growing and and there's just something that people know is going to happen um it enriches a relationship it it helps it to grow and and to be to be stronger and right. and for people to be able to know that they can trust that and trust in themselves and and if in that's in a positive relationship a healthy relationship that may not, that won't happen in an unhealthy relationship.
0: Mm. So where, would you say that? Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no. Would you say that um, a couple relation a, a ritual? Sorry, only happens in positive relations, or is it possible to have an unhealthy ritual in a bad relationship?
1: It, um, I think what happens there is that uh, if a relationship is healthy, mm-hmm. then there's a knowing with the relation with the ritual. Um, in an unhealthy relationship it, certainly i'm not saying that there wouldn't be i'm not saying that there you know that's not it's not possible however um, it may not be performed the way it would be with two people that are coming together with mutual respect love honesty and trust right i wouldn't say that it's not going to happen it just may not be able to be performed in a in a respectful, it may not always be report, performed in a respectful, trusting way.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, in that case, what is the standard for a good ritual? Is there a standard at all?
1: Um, I'd, once again, I think it's because we, we're sort of talking about what is... Um, important in a relationship and a ritual is, uh, is something that is going to be a knowing in the fact that it could be something as simple as um, being able to know that you sit down to have a meal together at night. It's sort of could be a, around that you could so, sort of know that you're going to have a family conversation. Everybody's going to be, you know, sharing and that, and it becomes a sort of a ritual and, and knowing that's just evolving. And it could be also that the children are, are sort of starting to even not even consciously think about that for when they had their own families. So that way they. Then decide, well, you know, we all sat down to have dinner together when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like a ritual for, for their family, as, for, for them as well. So right, yeah. it's it's just sort of something that's thinking just evolve. It may, as I said, often rituals don't have words. Mm-hmm. They just don't have words. They just, mm-hmm. there is just a knowing. Mm-hmm. Just as pe- as uh, people are going through their everyday normal. Lives. It's just annoying.
0: I feel like people don't really think about this a lot, especially when it happens so naturally. So, for mm. our listeners who might be listening in and they're in their own relationships, how do they know that they formed a ritual with their partner?
1: Right. Well, um, if they've got, for example, um, they might sort of decide that coming home from work. Uh, it might have been a stressful day. So they might know that they can sit down. They might choose to sit down and before they have a meal, um, maybe they might need to make sure the kids are okay uh, to to doing what they're doing. But they might be able to sit down and just have a chat about their day and it can make that feel as though it's a really um, a strong basis to know that, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that we've got this time. We can sit down and have a drink um, have a quick debrief for the day and then we can get into actually getting the kids bathed or getting our dinner on the table or whatever. So it's just sort of like right. a, yeah. that's just one that I can sort of think of um, that can make it sort of make it feel as though it's just something that you're going to look forward to.
0: Mm-hmm. So something that you kind of like know your partner is going to share with you regardless. Absolutely.
1: And also, okay. that doesn't mean that um, you know it can always be good. It doesn't, that, you know, it means that you know that you can trust enough in this process to know that your partner can listen to the bad part, maybe the bad parts as well, and just be able to know that you can trust in telling them that, and that's a big thing. Right. You know, yeah, just be able definitely. to know that you know if I, um, and then and you know that you can trust that that partner is going to listen. They're not going mm-hmm. to judge they're not going to uh, talk over the top of you um, yeah. they're going to just be able to share with you what what's happening for you and maybe give you if it's needed support
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely
1: that makes sense
0: um, what I guess you've already talked about the differences between, ritual and routine but you said you had a little bit more to say about that and how you would differentiate the two
1: yes well I guess see for me um in my own relationship it's it's nice to be able to know that um I can rely on a ritual um Mm -hmm. and and my favorite part of the day is my husband bringing me a coffee in the morning and Mm -hmm. Um, before I get up and and then I'm able to sort of do my readings and I like which I like to do my uh, meditation in the morning and to me that's really important because my day starts off um, in a way that uh, I feel is he appreciates and honors me being knowing that I need to do that in the morning or I want to do that in the morning and he likes to share in that with me um and then we have those routines that we all, you know, we have to do. We, we work together. We, um, some, some, some couples might like, even like to as far as um, like that we all sort of work together but the ritual could be um, exercising together whereas the routine would be doing the gardening together or shopping right, together. Right, or, so right. that's the difference there. So if routines are kind of like question, chores.
0: Yeah, no, well, that makes they ca- sense.
1: Yeah, they, ca- they can be. Um, it doesn't mean that they're unpleasant, you know. Oh,
0: no, 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 not no, at all. No, it doesn't
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes a routine means, oh, that's boring. Um, no, it, it's not like that. It's um, It means, still means you're together and you're sharing. And mm-hmm. the healthier a relationship is, the more respect and, and um, trust you have in whatever you're doing. You know, you could be having a really, not a very good day. And you know that a, you have, you've got a routine that you've got to get through, which could be just going to the grocery shopping, but you don't feel like doing it um, and you're feeling a bit stressed. Knowing that you've got the support to be able to sort of do that um, makes it, does make it easier you know knowing that you you've got a, a good open honest relationship
0: yeah definitely um i i guess what do you feel like what are potentially the disadvantages of having a ritual um with each other are there any kind of situations in which it could potentially go south and i know i know we touched on this in like negative relationships in particular but i guess mm-hmm. even within mm-hmm. positive ones you know are there kind of situations where perhaps it's not such a benefit?
1: It is uh, yes I'd have to say that's what happens sometimes is that it can be something that is has been formed in the relationship and it's it it is a knowing however what can happen is when a person is 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 actually if they are the one that is performing a ritual for another they could be perhaps unwell. They could be um, not sharing that they have not been feeling well. And what can happen then is that uh, the other person that um, is on the uh, receiving end of whatever is occurring or normally occurs can be picking up on something that um, is not feeling right. You know, something's wrong, but the other person's not being able to communicate what's happening for them. And I think that that way it can make a ritual feel uncomfortable. Um, it doesn't feel, it won't feel right until there can be something that can be maybe rectified or talked through. Uh, it could be bad, just having a bad day. And mm-hmm. they, maybe the person is doing the ritual just because they have to and they're feeling that way for that day. It doesn't mean that it will always feel that way. So that, that could be, yes, a disadvantage to a ritual. Mm.
0: How would you get around that? Um, how, how would you, obviously you said, you know, it might only just be for that day or perhaps that week, but they're having a bad yeah. week. How, yeah. I guess, if you're dealing with someone who might not be as interested, how would, you get ar- how, how would you kind of get around that or at least come to terms with what's happening?
1: I think it would be more around being honest um, and being open about, Feeling, uh, feeling something different have, was happening, and being, I guess, being having respectful relation, uh, respectful communication uh, around being uh, what was occurring for the person that was perhaps on the receiving end of the the ritual normally, or whatever, or if they were, perhaps it was just something if they come home from work and they would usually have their. They sit down and chat. Maybe that person said they don't feel like it. So it's about being able to communicate that openly and honestly and saying, okay, um, I'm really here to hear what you have to say because it seems as though something hasn't been really working for, for you um, right now and I'd, I'd really love to be able to support you and just talk it through with you. And that person then may be feeling as though they can trust in being able to share what's been actually happening for them. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. so it's kind of almost like adjusting the same ritual a little bit um yes to 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 help um with whatever the partner's going through
1: i I think it sort of still boils down to that um thing around being truly knowing of of um what's occurring for for um you in your relationship and as I said, if, if, it's a, if it's if it's the one that's built around that mutual respect and trust, then it's, it can be easier. It doesn't mean it always will be because we're human beings. We're not perfect. We're not ever going to be perfect. Um, and we're not always going to get it right. But it can be just that we give that other person an understanding and knowing that they can share, they can talk, we can sort of work through something. And um, they know that they can trust.
0: Right, right, definitely. Um, what are the challenges in forming rituals? Do you find that perhaps some people are not able to form them for whatever reason? I know you said they grow organically, but...
1: I don't know whether I think a ritual... People don't often know that they've, they're having... They're, 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 it's a ritual. See, people don't even know, really, that there's there's a name for it. So, um, and, and often, it can, as I said, it's just something that evolves and happens uh, for a couple. And I think what really uh, in that is that um, sometimes when people, uh, you know, if it's a, like if they're, if they're not, it's if, if safe they don't know they've got a, this is happening, but they know that something nice happens for them at certain times together. They know that they've formed this and without even really realizing it's got a name. However, right. what, can, what can disrupt that is, say, for example, there could be issues in the relationship, there could be financial strain. There could be stresses. There could be health issues, and um, and people don't really uh, they don't. Then the rituals may not occur. They may not happen. It may not be because because there could be tension. There could be some tension that's occurring in the relationship at that particular time for whatever reason. Because we're not, as I said, we're not perfect. We don't. I think it's very hard to. Think about having a perfect relationship, and I think um, if we can be, um, if if that can be worked through, talked through, and then uh, they can, people can actually pick up where they left off, and if they're able to talk about it and, and sort of um, know that they're feeling more connected and and able to sort of continue. The ritual will just happen again and it'll happen with a with perhaps even more of a of a feeling as though they're wanting to do it they're wanting to have that happen in their in their life in their relationship because it's just something that they're, they're happy and um gives them a feeling of peace and joy in their relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you I guess In the case of, you know, tension in the relationship, maybe to the point where a ritual has actually um, broken down, do you feel like um, people should perhaps make an effort to form a a new relation, a new, sorry, a new ritual? And and I know you mentioned, you know, rituals happen naturally, but is there perhaps a way that they can start a routine, for example, that eventually just becomes inherent to them? Would you say, would you see that relationship as fluid at all?
1: Yes, um, I do. I, I could see that that occurring. I think there does need to be an understanding of where each other's at at any particular right. point in time for, for it to be able to, to sort of be picked up or, or something new to happen. Um, they could It could be as simple as them reconnecting with themselves in the relationship. They could be needing to um, connect by way of. I don't know whether you know the, the love languages um, around. They have acts of service and quality time, and and it could be some something around that that they sort of pick up on and think, well, uh, I could do something more around that for my partner, uh, or even get to know what their what their love language is it's mm-hmm. it's so it's sort of building on that so that then you're forming more abilities to be able to have the rituals that you want in your life it, it, but as i said sometimes it's not even a, a word you know it's not even a word that they even realize it's just a, it's just something that they do and it gives each person pleasure it gives the person pleasure that's doing it and it certainly gives the person pleasure that's receiving rece- on the receiving end or if they're working together with it
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess what would you recommend for couples to kind of at least become a bit more aware of their own rituals? What would you recommend they do?
1: Well, I think um, that for them I would, would, if I was talking to a couple in a a counselling situation, I would be, checking in with them what they thought that they did okay. uh, as what what rituals so that they actually got to understand that what they were doing to help yeah. them know that it's actually happening for them and have they lost that it you know is that something that they've lost and they've realized that they have lost it and could they possibly be able to pick that up again and reconnect that way so It'd be more around exploring, uh, I think, uh, what what each of their love languages are. Uh, and perhaps they've got out of touch with that. Um, perhaps the words of affirmation uh, that they usually, as wife has said, or one of them, you know, really has, has loved in the, in the relationship may not be, the other person may not be doing so much of that for them. Uh, so it could be picking up on those sorts of things again to help yeah. this relationship to grow and to understand about where they're at um, in it and what they would like to perhaps reconnect with.
0: Mm-hmm. For the listeners who might not be aware, um, do you mind explaining what the love languages are um, and what they do?
1: Um, I think they're a wonderful way for for couples to be able to understand that and it doesn't, it's I work with uh, parents too and children. It's really lovely to know what your children's love languages are because uh, it helps you to get you to know you, your children uh, more fully. But The Love Languages was written by uh, Dr Gary Chapman and it's around, um, there's five of them, there's quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, uh, physical touch and acts of service. So it's about asking um, a couple what do you think your partner's love language is and like and, and naming your your love language and then when they start to think about it they start to realize that uh maybe they haven't been getting what what they might have wanted in that way and so then it's an opportunity for them to reconnect by by just being able to perhaps, if it's words of, of affirmation, it's about actually being able to sort of talk to their partner and say, oh, I really know that this is what you like. I would love to share, I would just like to make, be aware that I need, I need to perhaps just to do that a little bit more with you. I feel it. Mm-hmm. However, I know I possibly need to say it more. And yeah. it could be this, if the other person's, around physical touch or something like that. Um, it could be that's just being able to sort of just go up there and just being able to touch them on the shoulder or whatever, um, get, give them a hug if that's what they want. It's just that it becomes a, that knowing. So um, and I think when you get to more into connection with each other around that way, that's why I really like the love languages because once you get into that connection around that, it does help to build those rituals and make them stronger so that they are so, they're feeling as though it's something that just is nurturing for them in their relationship. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am actually, like, personally a big fan of the love languages. It's uh, it's uh, not currently in a relationship, but I do love passing out, you know, what people, even just amongst my friends, like what they appreciate from me as a friend um, within a relationship. So um, yes. I'm always yeah i'm always on top of that um yes. moving on now to um, our practice habit debrief um, in which i ask you about a practice um, that our couples can perhaps uh, put to work um, in order to help them uh, with their kind of i guess in this episode we're talking about couple rituals so what's yes. a practice or a habit that you might recommend to couples to help improve their couple rituals
1: yeah, I think um, possibly we've uh, touched on that a bit uh, so far. I think it's a, it's about um, I think I guess it's from from the perspective of of uh, working on one. It's about what they feel is important in their relationship. So they might need to actually look at what what they have actually. Uh, the the key to their relationship. It could be. Right. It could be. Uh, um, what what is it that you know that is so important in re, in your relationship? What is it that is it that you might you know that you want to ne- not sort of just walk out the door in a in in a hurry. You know you might know need to know that that person needs an extra hug, or you know kiss goodbye, whatever it is. It's about sort of just getting to be able to tune in to each other and really sort of pick up on what is important to the other person to really enhance that relationship, Mm -hmm. to hold on to that, um, the warmth. I I really think, I think -hmm. think warmth is a word that um, is good for talking about relationships because if you feel it, you feel, I know in in particular when I'm feeling really uh, in tune with my husband, I feel a, a warmth, a glow, and we've been married for a very long time, and, mm-hmm. and and it's sort of certainly it's 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 always you know it's certainly had ups and downs, but I know the difference. I know that mm-hmm. the feeling, and I think it's about just getting people to be able to tune into that. What's mm-hmm. the feeling mm-hmm. for this relationship? Mm-hmm. And
0: I guess. In order to get people to tune into that warmth, is there a particular practice or a particular tool or something that you might get people to ask themselves to kind of help identify that?
1: Once again, I think for me, I, I don't, I think it's, I do think it's sort of just um, that that formula, I don't know whether there is, I'd have to say, because once again, I think it does come down to how you are together, how you're tuning in. And once again, it, that means the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that uh, you're tuning, it means you're tuning in through the bad as well as the good. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really is just, uh, yes. It, it's, right. So I think... Um
0: you know for example you mentioned you know using i guess love languages to help identify um you know uh their styles of affection for example um what they might want out of a relationship um is that i guess one way of helping to find that warmth you know looking both into yourself and perhaps into your partner and understanding what you share together in the way they kind of I think combine? so
1: yeah i think so and uh and it is, I think it's a really good basis to, to work on and to strengthen a relationship, mm-hmm. um, just really tuning into what the other person is, is re- what they're really feeling they want out of a relationship. And mm-hmm. sometimes that means that a person has to be honest about this. They, some people might hold back and think, well, they... The other, you know, my partner it should know what I want. Or should know how uh, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to t- say it. Or I shouldn't have to say. However, uh, it's going to it's going to prolong a difficult situation, or diff- 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 it's going to prolong any healing if that is going to be the thought process. Because it's more about being honest and open and saying. I, I would really love if uh, I could have this, you know, and a little bit more of this. I would really appreciate it if you could show me, you know, that you care in this way because this is where I feel I'm coming from. Mm-hmm,
0: for sure. Um, so I guess when it comes to, um, you know, identifying your love language, I I personally just did a quiz online. Uh, but is there is there perhaps a better way for people to identify um, their love language to really get to know it?
1: Uh, I just feel I know when I'm working with my couples that I love the to to be able to talk about it and especially if they haven't heard about the the love languages I love the uh, way they start to think and they reflect, and they think what, what they what they thinking about what they really like about uh, perhaps it's words of affirmation. And they don't they start to think, well, yes, that's what I really love. I'd love you to be able to tell me some other things about me that you really like, or I'd like you just to sort of say some things that make me feel a little bit brighter or a bit better. Um, and maybe that person might say, I never even thought about saying those things to you. And the other person might just be be able to say, uh, that's what I'd really love to hear. Um, Or there could be an act of service where they just want to do something for each other and acknowledge it, know that that was something special that they did for me. So it's really just about um, getting to know what each one is. And uh, that's what I say, I love it in the counselling room when they all of a sudden go, oh, wow, I didn't really realise that. Uh, And then they can go home and practice that. And I think, uh, and as I do often, I give them the Love Languages book to take home and read uh, so they get more familiar with what it's all about, uh, how it works, because this is not going to happen overnight. It doesn't just automatically happen. But it's about acknowledging if somebody says, I really appreciate that that you've thought about giving me more words of affirmation. I really appreciated that or... uh, I really so thankful that you did that for me. I really liked it. So it's about acknowledging each other. I think that's a big, big key thing in a relationship, that you acknowledge that acts of service or the words of affirmation or whatever, and that grows. And then rituals come from that, The beautiful rituals come from that because they feel connected. They feel so much more connected and feel much more loving.
0: Yeah, for sure, and you understand your partner a whole lot better um, as well. Uh, what are three good things about um, understanding or knowing your your own and your partner's love language? You've already touched on quite a few.
1: Yes, well, I think three things. Three things would be um, it's going to happen. You know, it's it's something beautiful that's just going to. Uh, you know, you expect it. Like I can only use from my own, my own personal relationship. I really enjoy my husband coming home. We sit down and we have a drink together and we chat about the day and mm-hmm. we pat the dog. We do that, you know, and have a play with the dog when he gets home. We have a chat and it's a ritual for us and we sit and have a drink always and then I get dinner and he has a shower so that's sort of just like um, a, it is a ritual. And it really, I'm able to talk about any difficulties that I might have had in the day and he might have been able to talk about the same thing. And it's just a lovely way of knowing that this is what happens. You know, this is, this is what you expect. Uh, and if uh, there's anything that needs to come up that has been a little bit difficult, it's about trusting and knowing each other can share, and, and share the load. Share the load. <gasps> um, I've only said one, haven't I? <laughs> I, I, I don't.
0: <laughs> Did you have two more in mind?
1: <laughs> um, well, I'm just trying to think. I think it's uh, that's sort of one one that I'm just sort of come out from my own personal thing. I think um, talking about it, I think that can be beneficial. Uh, maybe sort of even planning, thinking about how you might be able to plan more, do more as far as ritual is concerned, and being able to uh, share what might be, might what what might work and be honest about it and what's not working. If it's not working, if something's not working, and you don't, I don't think of ritual, that's why I say because it does evolve. It doesn't need to have a lot, it's not a hard, it's not, it's it doesn't need to be hard work. If it became hard work, then it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. It it needs to be a, 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 it has to be an understanding that it's something that you both enjoy and you really sort of yeah. like to do together. And yeah, it is it's sure. totally yeah. different. It's totally different to a routine because a routine can become a chore. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, Are there any challenges uh, with, I guess, like this? So is it possible perhaps maybe to have love languages that clash completely and just don't work out? Is that even a thing? Does that happen at all?
1: Somebody's forcing it, yes. Right. It could be uh, one person's agenda and thinking that this is going to work for our relationship Mm -hmm. and... Mm -hmm. uh, and the other person might think, hang on a minute, and that could still have something to do with um, their own being and then their own, perhaps their, their own way of thinking about things. Um, like, for example, uh, well, I think we were going to talk about the love languages, weren't we, though? I was going to sort of bring that in. But um, it could be that somebody might want to be, uh, sh- like, it could be that I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hug when I get home from work, you know, the other person might think, "Well, I don't really want that hug every night that you get home from work. I, I just want to sit down and be having a chat, you know." And then, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it can have that if, it, if it's if it's forced in any way. That's why it needs to be something that you both enjoy.
0: Do you is is this something you know the love languages? Um, is this something you just assess the one time? Or is it something that perhaps you should revisit? Is it something that can change?
1: It can change. It can change, and people can um, grow in different ways. So as you're growing in a relationship, if it's over many years, as mine has been, as you're growing in a relationship, then you will have different. If you're talking about the love you will you will have different things that will come up, that will uh, you will, will sort of make you reevaluate or think differently about something. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just about knowing that you can appreciate that the other person is willing to sort of uh, be there for you in perhaps in a different way to showing uh, some other form of uh, it could be somebody could, for example, as I used before, the physical touch, uh, they may not have been a person that liked a lot of touch. However, as they've evolved in the relationship, they could find that that's what they really need or want. So then they can, as long as they can actually ver- uh, verbalise that to the other person and say, "I really would like a hug," whereas the other person may not have given them a hug because they, they thought they didn't want it. So you know, there's a little bit of toing and froing there, and just being able to be a bit honest about what you're really wanting. Is that the answer?
0: Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. That is um, a a great answer. Um, How do you feel like um, this practice impacts one's perception in life? Do you feel like it will change it in any way?
1: I think it will change it for the better. I think rituals change. uh, Honest, truthful, mutual, respectful rituals Change and grow, and allow for a a deeper connection in a relationship.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And do you would you recommend this to everyone, or are there perhaps people that might not receive, um, you know, uh, might not respond as well to kind of this idea?
1: Absolutely, it it does come down to the that people are actually in a healthy relationship. If if a relationship is not healthy, if there's there's power over another person, if it's not equal, uh, then it's very very hard for honest. Caring rituals to 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 just to to know you, you can trust in it. There may not be trust if there's if it's an unhealthy relationship. But there may not be trust. So that can make it very difficult to to actually know that um, to trust in a in in anything that was ritualistic um, and meant to to be a positive because the relationship may not be positive. It, it may it may have a lot of issues around um, that power over another person. It may not be equal. And there could be a lot of, uh, a lot of ways another person may be using that. And, and it, can, it could become quite difficult for, for anything to be based around something uh, as which meant to be sort of a healthy normal thing to happen uh, in the way re- that you could trust
0: that I do really like that answer actually and that um, you know not everyone is in a positive relationship so perhaps uh, communicating in such a way might not actually be beneficial to them um, out of sheer curiosity mm.
1: uh,
0: what are your what is your love language or combination
1: of love languages it's funny, I you know, I was <laughs> I was thinking about that. I think, uh, look, I'm I'm I think I'm three, um, physical touch, um, love words of affirmation, um, and really quality time. You know, I really love that, and it's it, it, and I feel it. I can feel it in when it's happening for me. I, I really feel it, and I know that that's. Sort of, I, I, I do think when I think about it with my my husband, I I've, I think we're much the same, and and I but I think that's evolved. I don't think it's I don't think it really was the way it was when we were first married or anything like that. But I definitely think it's definitely evolved that way over time, mm-hmm. and I, that's why I like the fact that you can you can have one and you know at at one particular time how and then you can actually know that something else might be stepping in and, and you're thinking more around another one as well. You know, it's it's really great. So uh, just it's just I really nice like that. happening.
0: Um, I guess that kind of Sorry. Good to go on.
1: <laughs> no, that no, that's fine. I was I was I think I was thinking I think I'm finished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Um <laughs> so Uh, moving on, I guess, uh, from the practice question, uh, we do have a bunch of, uh, questions that our audience has sent in, um, for you to answer. I'm, I'm gonna pick a few, um, to give you, and some of them are really interesting. Um, I guess the first question is, is it a red flag if the ritual you have doesn't actually mean that much to your partner?
1: Yes, well, if somebody, that's what I, see, if somebody's decided that this is what I want to do, and the other person might think, hang on a minute, that's not what I feel is right for me. There's an, there's an expectation then that this is how it should be, and that's not how they work. There's a, because it's, it's a normal, it's a, it's an evolve it evolves out of a knowing that this is safe and good for two people. However, if one sort of, yes, red flags definitely, if one decides that this is what they want and this is going to be how they're going to do it, yeah, big red flag.
0: Right, right, yeah. Um, another question is it natural for a ritual to dwindle over time? And if if so, does that mean the relationship is dying?
1: Yes, rituals can definitely dwindle over time. And I wouldn't say it actually means that the relationship is dying. It could mean that that it, it could be that then they've lost their connection and it, if, they, if there's enough love in the relationship for them to reconsider what that connection is and how they want to get it back, then, uh, then it's possible for, for it to be reconnected, for that reconnection to happen. And then they, the ritual can be continued. So it's just about maybe just checking in. And sometimes, don't forget, people get so busy in their lives that um, that they can start, sort of get out of step, especially if they've got children, they're raising children. And so they're rituals that they might have like really enjoyed and got um, a ha- lot of happiness out of, the, the other things might have stepped, routines might have stepped in the way, got in the way of it. And it's just about checking in with the relationship where it's at to see whether the ritual can be um, reformed, re- the reconnection happen again. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Does celebrating a birthday or an anniversary count as a ritual and is that too infrequent?
1: Look, I think, and that was something I was going to say way back um, and I forgot to, yes, a ritual can be a birthday, a celebration. It it could be like for the fact that a family or people know that they're going to be at a certain person's family member's place for a, a birthday. This is where we have to celebrate birthdays. The parks where we celebrate birthdays, the beach is where we celebrate birthdays. Uh, that definitely uh, is is becomes rich a, a, like a ritual because everybody knows it's just a knowing, and everybody's happy to do it. If somebody doesn't like doing it, well, then that sort of steps in, and that's a, a different uh, situation. But um, and also there can be spiritual rituals too, like people can maybe meet up. They might just meet up at church for Christmas Eve, or they could do Easter together uh, at somebody's place. It could, and then it's a knowing; it's, uh, um, it's not routine. It's a it's something that's evolved and developed, and people enjoy it. Um, and so, yes, definitely, birthdays and things like that can be celebrations, anniversaries, whatever it is
0: sure that's good news for um, the listener. Um, How, this is a question that ties into something you mentioned earlier about, you know, your family's rituals or your parents' rituals passing down um, onto you or onto your children. Um, How do you share the importance of your family's rituals with your partner?
1: It's family's rituals. Uh, It's interesting because, um, like I mentioned, the fact that, Children can, you know, be uh, uh, couples and families can have dinner together and then the children grow up and they they decide that they want to uh, follow that ritual that they had as, as for family dinners, everybody to eat together. Their partner may not have had that. Mm-hmm. Their partner may have, their family may not have eaten together. Yeah. So uh, it could be that they need to talk about what is right for their family? Because two people come together, and they come from uh, different ways of being, different families of origin. So it's about when you when you're forming that nuclear family, which is you're forming two people and and, and having children. Then it's about thinking about what is important for you. Yes, you've got all your family uh, family history, family of origin history, and However, it's about thinking about what is important and how can we work this out together so that you know that the, whatever rituals that you're going to have are going to be important to both and not, not an expectation of what's going to happen. So it needs to be explained, talked through, knowing the value of it. And, uh, yeah, it's the importance of it for them, for them in their own family unit.
0: Right. Um, Final question. Um, At what point in a relationship should a ritual develop or would you expect a ritual to develop?
1: I don't think there's a particular time because, as I said before, it's, it's not, it's something that two people will form together out of that mutual trust and respect and love, and it, it becomes that just that knowing that they are happy to do things to, with each other and for each other, then it just becomes. I see. I can't even remember how it started. That my husband would bring me a cup of coffee. I don't remember. I don't. It's been. It's been a long time. It's. It's be, So I don't. It just happened, <laughs> just happened, and um, and and then it gave me the chance to just be able to be who I like to be in the morning, which is just do my readings and do my meditation and and just have that quiet time. And he, it just happened, and and he, I think he just res- respected uh, the fact that that's that's what I like to do. And he brought a cup of coffee in for me first, first thing. So it was really, it's really lovely. So I think it's just, it's a happening. It just evolves.
0: Follow-up, no personal follow-up. Right, right. Personal follow-up question from that. Um, does it only, is it only with couples who live with each other or can it be with couples who perhaps don't live with each other yet?
1: Oh, I think definitely. It can be um, definitely couples who don't live together can can actually, um have their rituals um because it could be that they meet after work before they go to each other's you know to their places or it could be um that there's, there's a uh, time that they know each day that they'll phone each other um it can all sorts of things they can develop their own but once again it may not be that they know that they're doing a ritual it could be just something right. that is formed because they know that they're they're connecting with each other. They want the connection. They want to feel that lovely feeling that they've got as they as the ritual is is happening. Because yeah. it, it does. Ritual gives a person a lovely feeling. Uh, it is it, it's as I said. It's different to a routine. It's just uh, it just uh, is something that's comforting, and whatever that is, they can do it whether they live together or not.
0: All right, that's the end of our questions from the audience. Um, Now we will move on um, to our open mic section where uh, Mm. you can talk about anything that you're passionate about and it can be related to the topic tangentially, but it might not be. Um, It could be something that you wanted to mention so far that you haven't been able to yet. Do you have anything that you have in mind that you want to talk about?
1: Um, My passion for sharing feelings um from an early age with children i so it's it's such a big passion of mine i've worked so much uh with for many years with separated families i've worked a lot in domestic violence and all sorts of uh, different um, forms of working with couples running groups parenting groups and things my my passion is being able to help parents to understand that any feeling that a child has is okay to have and it's normal and to allow the parent to be able to to actually uh, listen and allow the child to, to share what they're feeling. Because what I found with a lot of my parents that I've worked with, they, get, they really become quite distressed about thinking, I don't want a ch- my child to see me sad. For example, um, I because uh, I, I I don't want them to see how I'm you know that I'm upset. So I'll say to the parent, how is your child supposed to know how they feel if if they're not able to express or know that you're you're unable? How, 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 what's going to be safe for them to be able to share if you're unable to share? So. I often get parents to say, to allow them, their child to know that they're sad, they could, by naming it, mummy's feeling sad right now, or I'm, I'm just feeling a bit, um, I, I feel upset, or whatever it is. But you actually name name it and I let the child know that it's okay to have it. I'm okay. I'm just feeling sad right now. And that's why I wrote my two children's books, Um the, the the Good, Bad Feelings Diary is is for children from about early ages up to about eight. Uh, so a parent can read that to, to the child. I've got the books here. I don't know whether you can sort of, you would, you're able to see them. I'm not sure. Um, this is the Good, Bad Feelings Diary. And it sort of allows um, parents to actually read this to their children and then, as the children get older, they can actually read it to themselves. But it allows the child to know um, that they uh, that it's okay. So, um, for example, if I can just share something with you, um, so it's about letting you know they can be angry. Um, my my mum and dad. And people in my life like it when I show my good feelings too. But when bad feelings begin to happen, this is me feeling bad. um, Then my bad feelings don't make me feel happy anymore. They make me feel angry and sad. And then after a while I cry. But the thing I, I wanted to do the most in this is because fathers have a sometimes difficult time being able to express feelings with their boys and 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 sometimes like it's mums can, can mums can share feelings at times. Um, but Dad sometimes can find it's a little difficult. So I, I wrote this specifically around um, it's great when Dad shared his happy, sad, angry feelings with me and told me that it's okay to cry. that Dad cries too when he feels sad. So yeah. the idea behind this was to allow parents to know that any feeling that a child has, because my, my belief is that if children can talk about their feelings from a young age, then when they get into their adolescent years, they will able to, you know, they can go to a significant person in their life to be able to talk about their feeling, that it's safe. Because this, I'm so, so so concerned about the number of suicides. And often it'll be from the fact that a child doesn't feel as though it's comfortable to talk about their feelings. And it's the same as adults, often that they can't talk about their feelings. So that's the reason why I wrote this book. And then what I did was I wrote did another one, and it's my very own Good, Bad Feelings Diary workbook. So the child gets a chance to write about themselves in the book Um, And then they get about to write about each day, how they're feeling, what they're feeling. Um, And then at the end of the week, this is week one, and then at at the end of the week, they can draw a picture about how their week has been. And so that they get a chance to write out their feelings, talk about their feelings, draw their feelings, so that they all become normal. So um, but it's, as, as I say, it's, very, it's a big passion of mine getting this word out because the more kids can understand that feelings are normal to have, whatever they are, to talk about to a very significant person in their life, I do believe it's going to help adolescents. Mm. And then when they grow up into being adults themselves and having their own family, then they'll be able to share those feelings as well with their children um, because they were able to do that when they were younger. So it's not such a, uh, it's not so difficult for them to do that because so many parents can't share their feelings with their kids and it's really hard, really hard for the kids. Mm. So, yeah, and I, I've, um, I've, sorry, but you're going to. Say something. Oh,
0: no, keep keep going, keep going. Uh, keep, what you have to say is much more important.
1: <laughs> well, it's just I get quite passionate about it, So, you know, um, and I, I, I guess it's because, um, and I, that's the reason why I've done the podcast. I've also, just, the other thing I wanted to talk about too was the fact that um, there's a wonderful podcast uh, Animated series that you that people I'd love to be able to give a link to um, that I worked with with this Films for Change where I'm in the studio now, and um, it's a it's a, it's a, a program called Ness, and it's an animated series following the adventures of a young girl as she explores different feelings with friendly Australian animals. It's beautifully done. Um, it was created by Films for Change and with myself. And, and, and another person who did the artworks, Belinda Lindhard, And the little girl um, is um, able, she's Katora Russell, beautiful little girl, and the art, the, um, Ness is aimed to help young children understand different feelings and build resilience in order to help them cope with future difficulties, which is fundamental to building good mental and emotional health in later years. So it's a, it, Ness was enti- shot entirely on a green s- screen uh, with this beautiful young actor. So she interacts with props, and um, you know, then the and then the animals are drawn in as she's talking to them. So it is a beautiful series, and um, so I have got a link there for it. If um, anybody would like to find out, you know, where they can yeah. see it, I could send it. Definitely... I can send it through to you. It's, it's absolutely a beautiful series. I'd love we we to can get definitely. It
0: out. Sorry for speaking over you. We no, can that's fine. Uh, definitely pop um, a link in the show notes um, for
1: that. Oh, um, that'd be fantastic. Yes. Um, um. I was just. Um. I know I'm doing a lot of talking now. Um. And I just really like to say that I had just completed some podcasts, and it is centered around a lot of the things for children. Um, it's about having open conversations with um, parents about having um, having a conversation with parents With about uh, having conversation with cho- their children, um, childhood messages around uh, healthy communication styles I've done one on um, and with feelings of not being good enough, self-forgiveness um, and what are, around grief and loss I've been doing some so they just come out on Spotify and I've been doing some meditations as well, so I've been a bit busy.
0: <laughs> That's a lot of stuff that you've been working on um, and, you know, obviously, sure, our podcast is about relationships and romantic relationships, but what you were talking about with children kind of enunciating and putting to words their feelings and parents being comfortable talking about their feelings to their children as well. You know, that kind of, that form of communication has been a running theme in the show. So it's, I think it's definitely important to highlight that um, in all aspects of life, for sure.
1: Yes, I think it's it it totally is. And it's too devastating to hear about the losses of life. It's way too devastating. And anything anybody can do to actually be able to encourage that open communication uh, from a very, very early age. Um, it's going to be so beneficial for for um, for for children as they go into adolescence and adult years, yeah. And even just communicating your, with, with your child about the love languages is important too, because you know we're all different. You know your children are different to yourselves, so um, it's about getting in, in tune with their love languages so you can have that beautiful relationship with them that you want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much um, for joining us today, uh, Jan. Um, where can our audience find you?
1: Um, mail at Uh They can uh, do, um, reach me through by that, from that, or uh, they can reach me at com on the website. Um, they can sort of see about my books and about the sessions. Uh, counseling sessions. So, yes, there's quite a lot of information on the website.
0: Um, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for joining. I've had such a great time chatting with you.
1: Thank you so much, Aditi. It's been wonderful to be a part of it. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Reliscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Lab. For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel, as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found at re.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Adhati Kutti. Thanks for tuning in.